Hello, listeners out there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening. Uh, this is episode three, Justin Rants. Um, today we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a politically driven podcast. Um, I like, I, I think the format that I'm going to start to go with is I'm going to have like the first part of the podcast. We're going to discuss something serious. And then the second part of the podcast, we're going to discuss a hypothetical scenario. That's, that's not as serious. So there'll be, there'll be something that's serious and, you know, fact driven. I would, I would say the first half is going to be something nonfiction. And then the second half, we're going to go with more of a fictional hypothetical scenario, which would be, you know, just where we let create, we let the creativity run loose, so to, so to speak. So the first part of the podcast, we're going to talk about, uh, right wing nationalism and specifically we're going to talk about this far right neo-fascist political group called the Proud Boys. So I know that everybody's probably heard of the Proud Boys. So they were made, they were made famous um, earlier on in like, probably like early in 2020, maybe even earlier than that, actually. Um, so I'm on the, I'm on the Wikipedia page and I'm going to use this as my, my information source as I talk about the Proud Boys. So according to the, the Wikipedia page, they actually started four years ago. So basically when Trump was inaugurated as president, the group started. And um, so, so 2016, the group began. And obviously they're in the news lately because they've been getting in these far-right clashes. These, these, uh, these peaceful protests, well, I guess they're not peaceful, really, um, from either side. So you have Antifa, which, when was, in, I'm going to look up when Antifa was started. And Antifa is not really a, an organization. It's more of a movement, which is something that's commonly misunderstood. You know, people, people typically, um, I know I see it on the internet, you know, what's the difference between Proud Boys and Antifa? What makes them different? They're both, you know, being violent and protesting things and causing all this harassment of one another. And they're both being very radical. But um, there is there's there are some key differences. So, so let's compare and contrast Proud Boys with Antifa a little bit. And let's also let's also dive in and try to understand Proud Boys. So there are some things about Proud Boys that are like that jump out to me as some fundamental flaws with their, their group that maybe they don't realize, or maybe they do realize and they're just trying to keep it under wraps. So by definition, the proud boys are far right, neo-fascist male only political organization, neo-fascist, neo-fascist means it means post-World War II fascism. I guess that's what Neo is just another way of saying this. This is post World War Two and it's fascism that is continuing to, to, to exist in our society. And so <laughs> this is, this is getting a little convoluted. So at the top level, we have the proud boys. They believe in neo fascism. Neo-fascism is a form of fascism, which is characterized by a dictator who forcibly suppresses the opposition and has a strong control over society and the economy, which is also known as authoritarian ultranationalism. And we know the most famous example of fascism is Adolf Hitler. So I don't need to go into that. 
Everybody knows who Adolf Hitler is. Everybody knows what the Nazis did during World War II. That's an example of fascism. Far-right, authoritarian, ultra-nationalism. Dictator, suppressing people, suppressing the opposition. There is no free and open elections. You do what I say. I control everything. I have sole control over the economy. Um, so it's it's just like on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, of liberalism. And so, anyways, that's fascism. So neo-fascism is just that same ideology post-World War II, which includes ultra-nationalism, which I don't really think I even need to give you a definition of that. Nationalism is just like the strong belief that you should focus only on your nation and the rest of the world is just like, doesn't matter. It doesn't, we don't need to work with other countries. We just need to focus on America, America first, right? That's what Trump always says, America first. And that, and then so ultra nationalism is just like taking that to the furthest extent, the most extreme extent of that ultra nationalism, which is really disturbing. Racial supremacy is included in this. So believing that your race is the supreme race above all other races, um, which is obviously proud boys are all, I think they're the majority is white males. I don't know if there are any blacks in there um, or if they have any other, um, they have other races that are represented within their, within their crew. I believe it's mostly white people. I think it's all white people, all white males. Um, and then obviously neo-fascism is also authoritarianism, belief in a dictator, xenophobia, fear of uh, foreigners, anti-immigration. They don't want to let other people into the country and they have a strong opposition to democracy. So basically Proud Boys as a neo-fascist organization is 100% against democracy. So they are really upset right now because we just had an election and that's completely the opposite of what they believe in. They do not believe that there should be free and fair elections where people vote and their, their voices are heard. We get a majority of votes. And in, in the case of the United States, we have uh, the majority of votes in each state, the electors for those states, uh, as representatives of the Electoral College, cast their ballots, and then you get your electoral votes. Um, you have to pass the 270 margin to win the, the presidency. So apparently that's just like totally out the window for them. Uh, it would be better if Trump was just 100% in charge like Hitler, um, an authoritarian who would just have control over everything he could crush his political opponents. There would be literally no opposition to anything. What he says and does is the, you know, the, the way of the land, which is what happened with Hitler. And we saw how that turned out. So fascism historically doesn't end well. Um, and I don't think things are going to end well for the Proud Boys, but they're still around. And they right now, at this very minute, uh, December 15th, 2020, are clashing with members of or people who believe in the Antifa movement. And so now that we've defined Proud Boys, let's define Antifa. So Antifa, which actually stands for anti-fascism, is a left-wing anti-fascist political movement. Notice I said political movement, whereas Proud Boys is an actual political organization. So let's make sure we have a good understanding of the difference between organization and movement. The, the civil rights movement is, was not an organization. The Ku Klux Klan is an organization. See the difference? That's a good example right there. So Antifa is a political movement. So it's decentralized, meaning there isn't a leader, there isn't one person telling them what to do, directing them, telling them to go here, 
protest here, protest there. This is what we need to do. These are our rules. These are our, we have a, this is our book that we, our laws that we abide by. These are our principles. No, none of that. It's decentralized and it compri it's comprised of autonomous groups, which means those groups act on their own. And sometimes they get violent. And, you know, that's, the, that's on those individuals. You can't classify the entire Antifa political movement as violent if only a very small percentage of them are violent. Um, I, don't, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but I've heard, you know, various people say that the, the number of protests over the course of the year thus far, very small percentage, something like less than 10% of them have become violent. So if you were to take the total number of protests that occurred in the United States over the course of the last 12 months, I think you would find that there were a large number of protests. This has been a very divisive year. There have been protests over a number of different topics. And Antifa typically shows up. And the Proud Boys show up sometimes too. But they don't always get into violent clashes. They don't always you know, burn down a city. A lot of people like to just say like, oh, these Antifa, you know, these, these people that support Antifa, they're just burning down cities. That's just vehemently not true. It's vehemently not true. Um, these people are just, they're political activists. They, they have their own set of beliefs, but it, like I said before, it's decentralized and autonomous. Everybody in Antifa acts on their own. They don't organize and have a leader similar to the Proud Boys and similar to the Nazis where they have leadership, they have ranks, they have, uh, you know, they have their own set of rules that they abide by and they don't break those rules. They follow those rules. And so they're very unwavering. Whereas the Antifa is mostly just, we're against fascism, we're against uh, Nazis, we're against white supremacy, we're against far-right extremism. Um, and all of the things that they're against, regardless of your political affiliation, those, those ideas are very damaging to society and typically result in people dying and in, in they result in death. That's the most extreme, you know, in the, in the most extreme cases, they result in death. And we can look at all of the instances of right-wing violence throughout history. The 9-11 terrorists or right-wing extremists. As much as people would be would hate to hear that and hate to admit that the 9-11 terrorists were right-wing extremists. Fact. It's inarguable. Their ideology was that their religion drove them to want to commit these atrocities. They were upset with the way that the United States was intervening in the Middle East. And these people were politically, they were motivated by their political beliefs and their religious beliefs. Both of which fall under the purview of right-wing ideology, right-wing extremism. Not only that, we've got numerous other cases of violence. The Oklahoma City government building that was blown up by Timothy McVeigh. He's a well-known right-wing extremist. And I'm not here to tell you that everybody that's right-wing is going to commit violent acts and murder people. But left-wing extremists... By and large, don't fly planes into buildings and don't blow up buildings with U-Haul trucks filled with fertilizer bombs. There's just no data to back that. There's no, it's just not happening. They're trying to stop the people that are doing that. They're the opposite of those people. They believe in fair and free elections. They believe in democracy. They're the opposite of these people that believe that there should be one person in charge controlling everything. That we should eliminate other races. We should show there should only be one superior race. 
And Tifa is the opposite of that. Left wing is the opposite of that. So, anyways, back to back to Proud Boys. So, I just want to point out, and this is really, really awkward. The Proud Boys logo is a rooster. If you were going to choose a logo for a group of all an all male white male chauvinist group I don't think that you should choose a picture of a rooster because another name for rooster is cock and the fact that you're already an all male group is pretty now how can I say this I don't want to be offensive but it's not a logo I would choose if you did not want your group to be perceived as gay. Because, first of all, you're an all-male group. You're not allowing any women in the group, regardless of their beliefs, even if it was a woman who was extremely far-right. She believed in neo-fascism. She believed in political violence. She believed in uh, ultra-authoritarianism. They're not going to let this woman in their group because it is an all-male group, male-only. And if we're going to discuss male-only places, there's only a few places that are male-only. I mean, there's not, and they're not even specifically male-only. They're not even exclusively male-only. But some of the places that you're going to find that are male-only, you know what kind of people you're going to find there. And they're going to like... They're going to like the synonym for the thing on your, your logo, if you know what I'm saying. So right off the bat, probably not the best choice of a logo. Um, it's a cock. So the Proud Boys was started in 2016 by Gavin McGinnis. And Gavin McGinnis um, is famously was also a co-founder of Vice, which is like a multimedia platform, Vice News. They do a lot of different stuff. They do documentaries. Vice is, um, I'm actually I'm actually a fan of Vice. I think Vice is okay. It's actually Canadian, Canadian-American, and it's, it's a magazine, but they also have different platforms. They have, uh, you know, they have like a Facebook page and they have a Twitter and they have a website, and like I said, they make documentaries. So he's a, he was a co-founder of this of Vice. Uh, he's no longer affiliated with Vice, but he take he took the name for the group from the song "Proud of Your Boy," which was in the 2011 Disney musical Aladdin. Boom. Okay, so first of all, we've got their logo, which is, which is a rooster. Another name for rooster is cock. And now they've taken their name Proud Boys from a musical. What percentage of, what part of society loves musicals, loves theater? Exactly. So... You have an all-male group with a with a rooster logo who's taken their name from a Disney musical. I'm not feeling very intimidated thus far at your group as far as you guys being like this imposing alt-right group that's going to, you know, promote the white race and and knock out all of the left-wing people and, and take out Antifa. So far, it sounds like you guys are just a bunch of, you guys are a bunch of people that are in the closet, right? I mean, they are far in the closet. They're, I mean, this is like Narnia level. They're like talking to a freaking talking lion right now. That's how far in the closet they are. And one of the people that rebranded them 
is actually an African-American. Actually, he's Afro-Cuban. I'm sorry. So he's actually half African-American, half Cuban, who's now the chairman. So they're... So now you've got this group of guys who are closet homosexuals who have their group. The chairman of their group is an African-American. So he's, he's black and he's Hispanic. This is just very problematic right away. A lot of, a lot of problems here. And there's that, that basically this is like your group is already just like a walking how would I describe it? I would say you're a walking contradiction. Your group is just like a marching contradiction. And so <laughs> since early 2019, this guy, Enrique Torrio, African-American, he's Cuban, he's the chairman of the Proud Boys. He's continued to help perpetuate these ideas to get people to join the group. Late 2018, the FBI has designated them as an extremist group with ties to white nationalism, ties to white, uh, you know, to genocidal white nationalism conspiracy theories. Um, and famously, some of them have been uh, sentenced to prison, actually. Uh, it looks like in 2019, two of the Proud Boys were sentenced to four years in, pr in prison for gang assault, in which they attacked individuals who were members of Antifa. And I hate how it says members of Antifa, because we've already established Antifa is a movement, and they don't have, really have members. It's not a group. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with Wikipedia, because it can be edited by anybody, though it is thoroughly vetted. So, so the Proud Boys have been banned by Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So I assume they probably use Parler as their method of, you know, recruiting people because they've obviously been banned from everything else. So to recap, all male, they have a, a rooster logo. Their leader is... Uh, Cuban, a black Cuban American. And most recently they showed up to this week in front of the white house wearing kilts, kilts that were made by an LGBT, LGBTQ plus sign company, which is really really embarrassing for them because that not only are you, your, your group is already pretty gay to begin with, but now you're wearing clothing that's actually made by the LGBTQ plus community. And not only that, to add insult to injury, when they met up with the Antifa protesters, they decided to turn around, pull up their kilts, and reveal that on their butt cheeks, they wrote F liberals on one cheek, the F word on the other cheek, liberals. Now I'm no professor of anatomy, I'm not a doctor. I don't have any formal degree and medical degree, but I think it's probably very difficult to write F liberals on your own butt. I think it's possible. I think it's possible to do, but I think it's very difficult. I think if you were to maybe look in a mirror and you were to kind of stretch your arm around your back, it's possible that you could write F liberals on your butt, but it would probably look pretty shoddy. I think it would be very, you know, the letters would look very wobbly. Um, Maybe you get a letter backwards. If you're using a permanent marker, you don't even get a second shot at it. First one try, because if you mess up, you're not gonna be able to wash it off easily. So I think you know where I'm going with this. They had to, to write this on each other. All male group, 
Rooster logo, wearing clothing made by the LGBTQ plus community. And they're riding on each other's butts with permanent marker. They had to literally put their hand there. You know, you had to put your hand on it. And I mean, that's that's a pretty gay thing to do. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a straight male, and I've never done that. So, Proud Boys, which let me make it clear, they are they're they're anti-gay. You know, they're racist, they're fascist, they're against gay people. They they're not pro-gay. They're not like these gay Trump-supporting weirdos. They are 100% bigoted towards gay people as well. So the level of hypocrisy here is it's getting it's getting astronomical. They are it's bad. And I'm looking here. I'm getting I'm getting on to some of the the social media stuff. So apparently. They did move to Parlor, and they posted some hateful comments where they said being gay should be illegal. So they said that gay, being gay should be illegal. Gay people should be illegal. Forbes reported on it. These there were, they posted comments <laughs> because the left was attempting to turn their group's name into a slur. Because proud is a, is a word synonymous with the LGBTQ community. It is synonymous with it. You're proud. You're proud to be gay. You're proud to be queer. You're proud to be bisexual. You're proud to be trans. You're proud to be a lesbian. You're proud to be uh, something that's not even listed in the acronym. That's why there's the plus sign, right? Because we're, we're including everybody in this group. They're proud. They're proud to be who they are, and so the Proud Boys are also, I guess, proud to be who they are as well. But the name Proud is kind of a name synonymous with gay. So, and they took it from a musical. Not that there's nothing gayer than that. So at this point, I think I've thoroughly proven that the Proud Boys is probably more openly gay than the LGBTQ plus community, which is really, really, it's like, they're just like a walking oxymoron. Terrible. And also hilarious at the same time, because, I mean, it's terrifying that these people are out there because they are extremely violent. They're dangerous. We've already said that uh, several of them have been put in prison for gang violence. Um, they're armed. They're, they, they've torn down Black Lives Matter signs and, and churches um, in Washington, D.C. Just, just recently. Um, which is no different than the, the acts of the Ku Klux Klan. You know, historically, they've done things like that. Just short of burning crosses and actually you know, hanging people from trees, which I think the only reason that they're not doing that is because they wouldn't be able to get away with it. Whereas, you know, 40 or 50 years ago, the Ku Klux Klan would be able to, you know, commit atrocities and murders in the deep South and, and nobody would know. People would just find this unfortunate murdered black person and they wouldn't be able to do anything about it because, Heck, the police were probably Ku Klux Klan members. So even if you told the police, they wouldn't do anything about it. But now, in certain parts of the country, that may still be true. But for the most part, with social media and with the high level of visibility we have with cell phones and police, uh, you know, detectives and investigators have the, for the forensic technology to be able to solve crimes much more difficult for them to commit those those types of atrocities. If they were to burn a cross somewhere and somebody were to trace it back to them, I mean, these people have day jobs too. They can't just be running around being, you know, riding on each other's butt cheeks um, all, all day long. They have to be, have to have day jobs. So these people go to, they have their day jobs where they probably like 
some of them probably work at places like I work, you know, like IT. They work in IT. They go to work, say hi to everybody, pretend to be totally cool with everybody. And then at night, they, they run around, you know, wearing their kilts, doing all sorts of weird stuff to each other, pretending to be, you know, neo-Nazis. So it's very disturbing. Um, so that, that, that's kind of all I wanted to say about Proud Boys is that it's just, it's just a walking contradiction and it's unbelievable how gay they are for a group that touts themselves as being anti-gay and pro-fascism and pro-chauvinism. You know, it's like you guys have no women in your group. And they even have some really strange policies that I didn't want to get into because they're they're kind of inappropriate. And I want to keep this PG thirteen. But they have, if 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 you're really interested in it, you know you can Google Proud Boys. They've got and you read some of their, you know, like the requirements for their membership. Pretty weird stuff that they've got. They've got some policies that you have to abide by in order to uh, like a loyalty oath that is just very gay. Um, as I would describe it, very good. And it's almost like this fraternity and nobody likes fraternities. The only people that like fraternities are people that are in fraternities. Same goes for sororities. Otherwise, people that are in fraternities or sororities are just like the most obnoxious, annoying people. They're just awful. Can't stand them. That I mean, me personally, but I think a lot of other people would share that same sentiment. These people are awful. So, all right, that's enough about Proud Boys. Um, clearly, a bunch of closeted homosexuals running around uh, wearing kilts and and pretending to be like little not little you know wannabe Nazis. So very very weird. All right, moving on to our next topic. Okay, so that was just. That, that just got out of hand. I felt like I was like Alice in Wonderland and we were going down a rabbit hole, but it was just getting gayer and gayer. Like we, we started out, you know, just like things were just getting a little bit gay. Like we started to hear some music, you know, like we started to hear the village people playing. And then as by the time we hit the bottom, like we were just totally, totally in the, like the gayest possible scenario. So that's kind of what happened there. So anyways, we're moving on to the second half of the podcast. We're going to go over, um, we're going to do a hypothetical question and I'm going to, I'm going to take it like way too far. And that's just, that's going to be the way we're going to do these podcasts. So I'm going to go through a list of hypothetical questions. So we, the first hypothetical question we had, um, podcast number one, episode one, we had, what would you do if you woke up and you were a superhero? The second episode, we did the camping scenario. What was what would be the ideal way for me to go camping? And we had, and that 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 just went totally off the rails. So today, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through a few questions, and we're gonna see. We're gonna pick one, and we're gonna go with it, and <laughs> we'll see where we'll see where we end up. So let's see. What do you wish grew on trees? That's one question. That's an interesting one, but I don't know that you could really go too far with that because, I, you know, we could go really far with that. What do you wish grew on trees? Man, that's a good one because the depending on what you choose, if it, so, so let's analyze this a little further. So the presumption here is that we have an all-powerful deity that has granted you the ability to reshape. It's got to be, it's just going to be, it says trees, plural. What do you wish grew on trees, plural? Which makes me think that you would be able to change a number of different trees. So if you're able to change multiple different trees, and you could literally just change every single type of tree, that exists and make it grow exactly what you want it to grow. But I think that is 
is too much power. That's too much power for one person to have. That's like, that's like Captain Planet level of power. He's too powerful. He could literally murder everybody that's ever littered. And that's too much power. Nobody should have that much power. So I, I disagree with the I disagree with the the part of this question that says trees. I'm gonna say, what do you wish grew on a specific tree? And I'm gonna say oak tree because that's just the first tree that came to my mind. So what do I wish grew on oak trees? First tree that came to my mind, oak trees. First of all, I have no idea what even grows on oak trees to begin with. Does anything even grow on an oak tree? Why is it even called an oak tree? An oak tree is a tree or shrub in the genus Quarkus of the beech family. Interesting. And there are 500 extant species of oak trees. How can that even be right? There's 500 different types of oak trees. So how do you even know if you see an oak tree? How do you even, like, what type of oak tree is that? That's too many, there's too many different types of oak trees. That, that in itself freaks me out a little bit. Because I just thought an oak tree was an oak tree. That's the end of it. But there's other types of oak trees. Oh my God. And now I'm looking at it and there are so many different oak trees. This is, this is too much. This is blowing my mind right now. I'm just going to list a couple of them. White oak, swamp white oak, bluff oak, carmine oak. Blue oak, leather oak, coastal shrub oak, vapor's oak. How do you even know? How do you even know which one it is? How do you test which oak tree it is? And how did they know they were different? Did they do does does the do they do like a DNA test on the oak tree? Did they do like ancestry.com on the oak tree? This is weird. This is making me uncomfortable. I did not know there were that many oak trees. I'm kind of having a little bit of a, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm going to take a step back and let's go back to the original question. What do you wish grew on trees? Tree, oak tree. What do I wish grew on oak trees? But not all 500 different types of oak trees because that's too many. That's too many oak trees. So I'm just going to choose one oak tree. I'm going to choose the willow oak, which is the just kind of brought that that came to my attention because of the movie Willow. The ninety, the, I think it's I think it came out in the nineties, maybe the eighties. When did Willow come out? Well, it came out in nineteen eighty eight. Okay, so late eighties, Willow. It's 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 one of those movies that was really great when you were a kid, and then when you grew up. And you and you rewatched it. It was, it was bad, and it was disappointing because it was so magical and wonderful when you were a kid. And there's a lot of movies like that. If you've noticed, I'm I'm not the only one that's ever noticed that. I'm sure there's other people out there listening that have seen these movies or grew up watching these movies. Like maybe it was the only one you had. Like your parents bought you a VHS tape. That that's how it was for us. Like we only had. Return of the Jedi. We didn't have the other two Star Wars movies. So when I was younger, I thought that was the only Star Wars movie. And that movie kind of starts out with like a lot of other things having already happened. So it's really confusing for me as a kid to grow up and like Luke is already a Jedi. Han Solo is already frozen in Carbonate. He's already like Leia comes in and say like there's just so many questions I had. Because my parents just decided to only buy Return of the Jedi and not the other two movies. So I was just like lost. And then sometimes we would like rent the first two and I would watch those, but not in the right order. And I would just be totally lost. So that's just a, that's just a side note. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I want it to be said that I was very lost as a child when it came to Star Wars. It took me a while to finally figure out the whole, you know, the flow of the movies. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. All I had was Return of the Jedi. 
So I watched it over and over again because it was awesome. It's a great movie. And I would, you know, I try to do like a, a front flip off my couch like Luke did. You know, when he was right next to the Sarlacc pit. And they were about to push him in. Job of the Hut. You remember that part? And he was like, you know, Job of the Hut was like gloating because he was about to kill a Jedi, thinking like, like just because his hands are bound, he can't use the Force. Kind of stupid, right? Just because his hands are bound, I mean, he could have unlocked those hand the the. I mean, he had his hands behind. I think they were behind his back, or maybe in front. I can't remember if they're behind or in front, but he's got his hands bound by like some. You know, like some handcuffs, some like Star Wars space handcuffs, you know, futuristic handcuffs. If he's got the force, he's a Jedi Knight. He could have literally just like thrown everybody off of the little speeder that was on the side of the Sarlacc pit. He could have, he could have just jumped in the air and done like a triple backflip, landed on Jabba the Hutt's ship, you know. Lot of different things that could have happened there, and I think it was really stupid that Jabba the Hutt thought that they were just going to easily just kind of push him right in, and that would be the end of it. He's just going to fall right in the Sarlacc pit, and he's going to die. What a moron! Totally underestimated the power of the Force, and he's dealt with Jedi before. You know that wasn't the first Jedi he's ever dealt with. I mean, everybody knew by then. Everybody already knew. I mean. I guess they thought that most of the Jedi were dead, maybe. So maybe he didn't know he was a Jedi. But he had a lightsaber. But he didn't have the lightsaber because R2-D2 had the lightsaber. Come to think of it, Jabba the Hutt didn't even know Luke was a Jedi. Man. So now that I think about it, Jabba the Hutt did not know that Luke was a Jedi. So of course he thought that he could easily just kind of shove him in there. Interesting. In any case, he kind of falls and grabs the diving board thing and then he jumps up and does a front flip and R2-D2 shoots the lightsaber in the air, he catches it, turns the lightsaber on, and then just starts, you know, offing people left and right. And realistically, you'd see limbs flying, you know? If you hit someone with a lightsaber, it's going to cut right through them. The limb is going to fly. Or if you just chopped them right down the middle their body would just fall in half. Or if you cut them through the side, their torso would just go flipping through the air. But that didn't happen. It's PG movie. Didn't, they didn't have that. But, you know, that'd be, that'd be interesting if they had decided to go in that direction. But they didn't. So, as a kid, I'm doing front flips off my couch because I'm thinking I'm Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi during that scene. Because that was the only movie I had. And so a lot of people probably only had one movie. Maybe you had Willow. Maybe you had Willow and that was the only movie you could watch. And so you watched it, you know, every single day because TV was pretty, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff on TV back then. They didn't have a whole lot of kids shows. Nickelodeon was starting to get big early in the 90s and then the Disney Channel got big. But, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of children's programming, especially during the week. On the weekend, I think they had cartoons in the morning. But during the week, there wasn't a whole lot to watch. And so if, you know, you wanted to watch something, you had like limited choice of things. And so you'd be like, well, we can either, you know, we can play outside or we can do this or we can just watch Return of the Jedi again or Willow or whatever movie you had. So I ended up watching Willow a lot of times, a number of times. I really liked the scene where you had the two-headed dragon and they, it was stop motion animation, so it was clay, like figurines that looked really super fake. Uh, but when you were a kid, it was pretty awesome. Now, I don't think it aged well. And I've been on Rotten Tomatoes recently and seen it, and it's it, it, it didn't get good reviews. So Willow didn't age well. But the back to the original hypothetical question. What would I wish would grow on willow oaks? The type of tree in question here, willow oaks. And I'm looking at a picture of a willow oak for inspiration. And it's it's a pretty it's a pretty tree. It's you know, I mean, 
it's pretty generic. It's not like, I mean, it's, it's basically probably the most average looking tree I've ever seen in my life. There's nothing about it that looks special at all. And it doesn't have anything growing on it other than I think it has acorns. It looks like it has acorns, very small acorns. So rather than acorns growing on it, what do I think would probably grow on it? Uh, or what do I wish would grow on it? So what I wish would grow on the tree. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go full scale. What I think should be, you know, it would be something that would save society in general. What would be something that would grow on the tree that would, that would like change the world? Because you could pick something stupid like money, but then it would grow on every willow oak, right? So whoever, whatever schmuck was lucky enough to have a willow oak in their yard, they're going to have money growing out of it. But I don't have a willow oak growing in my yard. I suppose I could choose a tree that's specifically in front of my house, but then my landlord might stake claim to that. And then I wouldn't get any of it. So rather than, um, you know, picking something that would be beneficial to only some people, I'd prefer to pick something that was beneficial to everybody. And so I'm starting to think about this a little bit and I'm starting to think that it's possible that if we choose something that if it grew on enough trees, it would help society. And I'm thinking like, first, the first thing I'm thinking about is climate change, right? What could grow on this tree that would help with climate change? Something that absorbs the CO2 emissions, something that absorbs the CO2 emissions so that the earth doesn't warm at the same rate that it's currently warming. Because I literally just read an article that said that certain parts of the world are going to be so hot that people's organs are going to start shutting down soon, which is like horrible. So my first thought is something that's going to stop climate change because if it were to stop climate change or at least prevent the globe from warming to some extent, that would be like extremely beneficial, even if it's this small percentage of trees, willow oaks. So now that I'm thinking about it, what absorbs CO2 emissions? We got to science this thing out because if it doesn't absorb CO2 emissions, then it literally doesn't. So, so trees obviously absorb CO2 emissions by themselves, but so what am I really gaining by adding, I need to add something to the tree that's going to absorb more carbon dioxide than what a regular tree would absorb. And so I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going on, I'm going on the, uh, the national oceanic association website. And it says that the oceans actually absorb the majority of carbon dioxide. But again, this is a tree. I can't have the tree grow oceans. That would be impossible. But what if, what if the tree grew glaciers? What if we were able to plant the trees in places where if the tree were to grow and glaciers were to come out of the tree, the glaciers would melt, creating more water, putting more water in the ocean, raising the sea level. No, this is a bad idea because it's raising the level of the ocean. We've already established that raising the ocean level is bad. So scratch that horrible idea. In fact, I'm a little bit ashamed for even, I'm a little bit ashamed for even saying that's a good idea at all. So gl glaciers, terrible idea. What about solar panels? What if the trees 
could grow solar panels. Super, super unrealistic right off the bat. Solar panel is like a complex system of electronic components. But this is extremely hypothetical. So if the tree was able to grow solar panels and the, and the say, let's say for example, the tree grows solar panels and the tree also has like outlets at the very base of the tree. The tree grows solar panels, the tree has outlets, we can plug something into the tree and then we can harness electricity from the trees. And then we take the, the willow oaks, we plant forests of them, forests of willow oaks that have solar panels growing out of them. Each one of them has a power outlet. We can like create a grid of willow oaks that grow solar panels. Use that as our power infrastructure for the entire world, not only the United States, but the entire world cut down on CO2 emissions. How much, how many, I mean, think about it. If we stopped burning fossil fuels today, the amount of CO2 emissions would go down. I mean, it would be, I, I can't give you a specific number, obviously, but if like every single country in the entire world stopped burning fossil fuels today, it would be extremely significant. So if we have these, this network of willow oaks, solar panels growing out of them, outlets at the bottom, we can plug into the outlets, harness the energy from these trees. First of all, the trees are already absorbed CO2 emissions. Boom. Now we're gaining electricity from the trees. We're able to harness that electricity. We're able to power things. We switch over to using electric cars. We invest in electric car technology. Everything gets better. Society is better. The world is saved by me deciding to have one, my one wish, solar panels growing out of willow oaks. That concludes podcast episode three. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember, my email is going to be in the description below. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, comments, or hate mail. Thank you for listening. <laughs>